Oh, it's on to God. It's on to God. It's on to God. If you are alive and you can put your hands together and you have the feet to be here, you can be better off being on your feet. And if you have the mouth to say, Father, thank you, it will be better to shout unto the name of the Most High God. For the Lord has been good and greatly to be praised. Sons of God, hallelujah. Oh, sons of God, I'm not feeling you. Sons of God, sons of God, are you marching to shake some foundations in your life? Sons of God, are you marching to push some enemies away? Sons of God, are you marching to break some walls? Oh, sons of God, victory. This morning we thank God so much for the life he has given us. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise for this life we have. We owe it all unto you. We commend this session into your hands. We ask that you will speak to us that we will live here having an in-depth knowledge of what you have for us and being blessed in Jesus name Amen, amen. Oh amen. amen This morning I'm so touched by the song that was ministered and I'm so blessed because the only person who can change the situation that was given to someone by birth is God because the man there came out of the womb of his or her mother hey his mother he's a man his mother being lame right he came out of the womb he has never worked before right no physician could give him another feet to walk no doctor no scientific technology could give him the, the capacity to walk again. But the Bible says that when the disciples or the apostles got there, he was begging them for what? Money. But they told him, look at us, man. We have nothing. We don't get money. Money we don't get. We can't give you money. But then we have something greater to offer than money. We have something to give you that will let you even gain more money than what we will give to you right now. We have something so precious, so valuable to give you. As they spoke the word, the man received the word. And as he received the word, the Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and by hearing the word of God. So as the word came to the man, the Bible says that Peter said, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Take that thing that you are sitting on. Rise up and walk and go and work and make more money for yourself. This morning, maybe you are looking for something. That is the, the song that came. You want something, but God is telling you that he has something greater to offer you. 
He has something much, much more greater than what you are seeking after because what you want is embedded in what God has to offer you. So this morning, the song is just wants us to know that God is still in the business of giving us greater things to cater for all our needs. Hallelujah. We are so blessed. We are so blessed. God bless you so much, Zion Prince. God bless you so much, Brother Prince. This whole week is the area youth week of Manprobi area. And the theme given us is the ministry of discipleship. So those of us who were part of the evening sessions, we, I believe we were so blessed. And today is the climax or the ending day for the program. So for the benefit of those of us who were not here, I will touch on the things that were spoken or the things that we talked about during the week. Then we end it today. Amen. Oh, amen. So on Monday, we, we introduced the topic discipleship. We, we got the benefit to understand what we mean by discipleship. And we realized that discipleship means um, someone learning from somebody or it's a, a medium whereby one person teaches another the things that he knows so that the person will be of the knowledge of that thing that the person is doing. And another thing is we understood that being a disciple means or discipleship means a process whereby one learns from another to become like that person. Hallelujah. And on the, on the Tuesday, we spoke about taking up your cross and following me. He said, take up your cross and follow me. This is something that Jesus told um, his disciples. He said, if anyone wants to follow me, he should pick up his cross and that he should follow me. And then this, that day we were so blessed that um, the man of God made us understand that when we say um, you are denying yourself and taking up a certain cross, it means that you lived a, a certain kind of life. You had some things in your life. You were holding on to some things. But the moment you take a decision to deny yourself of all those things and taking up another thing to be in your life, to be part of your life and to be governed, by that thing, then it means you are not looking back to that thing again, but then you are pressing on to the new route you have taken to achieve the goal ahead because there was a reason why you deny yourself to be part of the cross. So taking up your cross comprises the, the agonies we go through as following Christ or being children of God, the, the temptations we go through, the difficulties that come our way. But you, you see, our brother gave a testimony. It's a difficulty. Some people were injured in the vehicle, but he was not injured. It's because I, I don't know if those people are not for Christ, but what I'm saying is that I believe because the protection of God is upon his life. That is why he was not affected by the accident. Hallelujah. Yes, so um, there was a difficulty, but in the difficulty, God took him out of it. So as we are following Christ, there are difficulties in be following Christ, but in it all, he said, anyone who denies in his life will have life. Anyone who loses his life will have life. Hallelujah. So, as we are following Christ, let it be at the back of our mind that we'll face challenges, but in the challenges, God is still with us and is going to take us out of it at the end. Amen. On Wednesday, we our area leader, leader was here and he blessed us with the thing the life of a disciple maker 
what life does that person live? How is he like? Is he someone who only thinks about himself? So he gave a general overview. I was here late, so I didn't, I wasn't able to capture much. But I believe that that day he was trying to let us understand that being a disciple maker means that that person has the, the interest of those following him in mind. So he makes sure that whatever that he wants to achieve, he's dedicated to it, he's committed to it, and he's focused to make sure that whatever that is being given to him to be given to the other person is being given to him and that that person is doing it rightly. So the work does not end until the person is able to become like him to also do what? Disciple other people. Hallelujah. On Thursday, we looked at the proof of discipleship, bearing fruit. What do we mean by proof of discipleship? And this one too, um, the brother made us understand that the proof of discipleship means that he spoke, I remember he spoke about um, Galatians, where it talks about the fruits of the spirit. He said that as we grow, as we disciple, as we learn, as we teach the teachings of Christ, the teachings of Christ is all about love. So once love is dominating amongst us, then it means that the discipleship, there is a proof that indeed the work of discipleship is at work because we are being taught and we understand and we share the love of God together. Hallelujah. Oh, sons of God, forgive me for rushing because um, I need to touch on them. On Friday, we, 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 we prayed. He said, pray therefore the Lord of the harvest. The word says that the work, it's, it's huge, it's large. But then the workers who are doing the work, they are few. So the work that about 10 people would do in a day, one person is using about 10 days to accomplish that work. So he said, we should pray that God will give us more laborers so that the task he has given to us, which is the Great Commission, will be able to be worked on and to finish on time. Hallelujah. Yes, so we prayed that even those of us in the church already, God will give us the grace and the strength to be able to um, capacitate ourselves well, much, well, well enough or equip ourselves well enough to do the work of God and do it well. Amen. Saturday was an outrage. I wasn't able to come because I was catch up in a program somewhere. I didn't come early, but those of us who came, they went out and reached out to a number of people to let them know the good news, the gospel of Christ, sons of God. Today, we are talking about making disciples, making disciples. The key text is taken from Matthew chapter 28, verses number 19 to 20. Matthew chapter 28, verses number 19 to 20. This period, Jesus Christ had come to earth and he had finished all the work that he came to do. Now, before then, he had arisen and as he arose, some people saw him and then he revealed himself to his disciples. Hallelujah. So when he revealed, his, he revealed himself to the disciples, he made them know that now he has accomplished the work that he came to do. And lo, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto him. Now that the authority has been given to him, Christ, when he came, he chose these people 
to follow him so that he will teach them the things so that he, they will learn from him now they've learned they've been taught but it's left for them to be given the authority to go and exercise that which they've been taught so he told them that all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth and now i am charging you i am charging you to do what to go he didn't say if you can go he didn't say if you will go if they say if if you like go he said go ye therefore it means he's he's charging them to perform a particular task he's he's commanding them to go and do something to go and perform an assignment so he said go ye therefore and do what teach all nations and then do what baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and of the holy ghost and then doing what teaching them to observe all things whatsoever i have commanded you and lo i am with you away always unto the end of the world hallelujah so this mostly we say that this is the great commission this is the great commission now this is the great commission the great commission is the mandate that was given to the apostles or the disciples to do what to do this is the work that christ left for the church this is the work Christ left for the church. When he was about to depart to go back to his father, this is the work he gave them. He charged them to do something. And what did he charge them to do? They should go and teach all nations, including the non-Christian nations. Hallelujah. O sons of God, all nations he did not leave any nation out he said all nations at that time i did i don't know the number of nations on on earth i don't know but i know that they were not as many as we have today but he said all nations and all nations is what all nations it doesn't matter if those times there were only 12 and now we have over 100 it doesn't matter he said all nations go ye therefore why did he say go ye therefore he said go ye therefore because now you have the authority to go you have the power to move you've been give you've been given the authority to go and do something so he said now go ye therefore go ye therefore and do the work the thing that was blocking you from um, imparting the knowledge i have given you the knowledge that you gained from me christ when you were following me you were not able to impart. You were not able to teach other people. You were not able to lead other people to Christ. Because something was missing. Something you didn't have. That Christ had. They didn't have that thing. And that thing is the authority to speak the word of God. The authority to preach the good news. The authority to be able to stand in the midst of over 3,000 people and speak the word of God. So he told them in Acts that go and wait at Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. And he said, when the promise of the Father comes, you shall receive power to be my witnesses. So this church here, they began immediately, they received the power from the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Oh, sons of God. Oh, sons of God. Now, when we say go, it means to move from one position to another. 
So when we say go, it means you are at a particular location. You have a starting point. Now, the starting point, he did not say that stand at that starting point and preach or teach people. He asked them to move from a position to another position. He did not tell them that and this tense here shows that the going, the go there is, is a present continuous thing. You will have to keep going. Keep doing it. Keep preaching. Keep speaking. Move from one country to another country. Move from one area to another area. Move from one church to another church. Move from one denomination to another denomination. That is why even when you are in an external family and then you go and marry, we expect that the teachings of Christ will be in that same nuclear family. So when you move, when you migrated from being a child, that you were being taught the word of God, now you've become an adult. You've moved from one level in maturity to another level. So as you move, it, it does not give you the, the permission to stop doing the work of God. But it rather means that you have to keep going. Keep going. Whether you are old, whether you are young, whether you are tired, whether you are not tired, he said, go. Go. Just go. Just go and do the work. Just go. Go and do the work. Go go and teach people. Just go. But you are not going on your own. I have given you the driving force. I have given you something that will drive you. That it is not your strength you are going to use to do the work. It is not your own knowledge you are going to use to do the work. That is why he told them to wait for the promise of the father to be able to do or to go and do the work because when they they arrested jesus christ his disciples they did what they vanished they vanished they were following him but they did what they vanished they asked peter ah, peter i know you i know this man he was following him he was his right hand man his advisor he said me never i've never seen this man before but before then, Jesus told him, Peter, before the cock crows, you are going to deny me three times. Peter said, oh, God, you they lie. Me, Peter, obotenting the rock. You are lying. But then the word, the word of God testifies that Peter denied knowing Jesus for three times. But then, let's look at something. After he received the Holy Ghost, when you read Acts chapter 2, verse 42 downwards, the Bible says that he stood and he spoke the word of God. He spoke and he told them that these men, they are not drunk, but rather they are being filled with a certain power. And that is what is making them to do what they are doing. So he stood and he witnessed of Christ. He spoke the good news. And at that instant, 3,000 souls were won. Now, he said, go and teach all nations. When they were warned, when you read the same as chapter 2, verse 42 down, he tells us that they were being what? Taught. They continued to teach them the word of God. So when the souls were warned, he gathered them. They gathered them. They brought them together. Every day, morning, afternoon, noon, they sat and they learned the word of God. They taught them the word of God. And as they taught them the word of God, then they are also absorbing. As they kept absorbing, when they go out and their family, someone doesn't know Christ, when they have become full of the knowledge of Christ, when they go, they are able to do what? To speak 
the word of God. So it, the work did not hang on only the apostles. But now they gathered a lot more people to be part of them. And that is what we mean by making disciples. Making disciples. So don't, 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 don't let it be like now you, you, you have insight into the word of God. By the grace of God, when, when you, you see a word, you are, able, you are able to have revelations in the word that other people don't have. So it's to your advantage. You are waiting until the day that you are being called to come and stand in front of the whole church and then you want to pour out everything that you've studied from the word of God. No. God is not looking for people who are eloquent. God is not looking for people who are more knowledgeable. God is not looking for people who have attended school. God is not looking for people who are public talkers. God is looking for courageous men. God is looking for dedicated men. God is looking for committed men who are ready to carry up their cross and follow Christ to make disciples and to let the nations know that there is a God. There is Christ who came and died and he still lives on and for you to have life you need to accept him and come to him and get the full knowledge from him God is not looking for people who have, have PhDs. God, he doesn't need people who have attended master's degrees. You can have different, different, yesterday the program that I went to the chairman, they, his, 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 his qualifications, it's like a full page. PhD in this, PhD in that, PhD in so, PhD in that. God is not looking for the PhDs, but God is looking for the heart that is ready to accept the full power of God, to step out and to bring people to him or to stand in front of people and touch them that indeed Christ is coming to repent and come to him. Christ is coming to shun all those things that you are doing. Come to him. He is not looking for people who are for the public glory. That outcome, yeah, he's in a nice suit. So if I don't have a new suit, I have to cancel the preaching appointment. That people even spend an hour looking for a shirt that will best fit the crowd they are going to meet. I mean, are you going to present yourself or you are going to project Christ? Everything that we do in the Christian kingdom is to do is to project Christ. It's to let people know who Christ is. So when I stand here and I speak, and I speak about myself, I'm only standing here talking about myself. Then it means I'm not fulfilling the purpose of this gathering. I'm not fulfilling the purpose of which Christ has called me into this world. But then if, if I'm given the opportunity of anywhere I go and I get the chance to talk, whatever thing that I say at the end of it all, let everything that comes out of you or source about you project Christ project Christ now when the disciples went to Antioch they did not go and tell them that we followed Christ before right they did not go and tell them that but then from from the way people have heard about Christ and the teachings that they've heard from Christ and the way they saw Christ how Christ did their things when they were doing their things they said no these people the things that they are doing is just like how Christ was on earth and he was doing their thing so Christ made disciples and the disciples they move they speak and they behave like Christ. So all of us, we are here to live a Christ-like, a Christ-like life. That is why we call ourselves Christians. We are Christians. So if you you move in your community, and when you tell people that you are going to church, and they are like, "Hey, what's up, sorry," then it means there is a question mark. 
you can you how how are you going to make the disciple because that is what we mean that by the proof by bearing fruit so that topic on thursday that shows that proof of discipleship what shows how can what shows what shows so if you are making disciples and the disciples all that comes out of them it's contrary to the teachings of christ then what kind of discipleship are you making you are making a devilish discipleship because if it is not devilish then it is holy from christ i didn't pick it well but take it like that because you understand hallelujah oh sons of god sons of god you see sons of god if you are a son of a government official when you step out your identity is the son of mr president it's almost bold yeah they don't mention your name as good they say that the president's son the president's son if someone is looking for you who is that the president's son when they say the president's son whatever you are doing you will stop even if you are counting money you stop even if somebody is handing over handing money to you you stop because you feel that the, the opportunity to meet the president's son supersedes the money that somebody is giving you now if you are a son of god if you are a son of god and god is the supreme owner of everything that is in this earth then it means that you don't have to let the worries of the world stop you from doing the things that your father has instructed you to do we are talking about making disciples so go move as you are growing keep doing it as you are gaining knowledge don't let this thing change have it at the back of your mind when you are in even in your church when you are moved from one position to another one position to another let this still be go and do the work it's all about the work so when we take you from one position to another in an organization when they promote you it means the work that you were doing you are doing more than what you were doing and that the work that you are doing you can perform better duties so they move you from that level to another level so that you do what the the, the knowledge and the, the the things that you are putting in the work you'll be able to do that same work at that same level so when you are being moved it means that you are being challenged to even if you were going to two places now you have to go to four places and do what and do the work oh sons of god so when we say to make it means to create by putting parts together or combining substances or to cause to come into existence or to bring into being by forming or shaping or uttering or to produce or to construct so making it, the person is not a disciple he's not a disciple He is not a disciple. He is a normal human being. Now God is charging us to go and change them from that situation to become a follower of Christ. You see, the disciple is not that you are going to make them disciples to add to your numbers, but rather to go and change them and bring them out of the world into the marvelous light of Christ. And when you bring them, you don't just bring them and leave them there. But you need to help them to be steadfast and to be 
in Christ till he comes. Till he comes. So, um, those who produce cars, every year, they, they modify it. They modify it. They modify it. So, we have 2016 model. We have 2017 model. They modify it. They keep changing. They keep changing. They are still making the cars. They still have value to add to the cars. There is still more value to add. So, there are some cars that run, that did not run faster as they are running today. They are still adding value. So, as the person has come to Christ, we have to continue doing what? Adding value to them. Teaching them. That is why he said, teaching them all that I have commanded you. All, all that I taught you. All the knowledge I gave to you. Teach them. Teach them. Teach them how to pray. Teach them how to study. Teach them how to read. Teach them how to be an MC. Teach them how to gather information in the church. Teach them how to do anything that concerns Christ. Teach them. Because you alone cannot do the work. If you are the hand, you cannot perform the task of a leg. If you are the eye to direct us on where we are going, you cannot be the ear to hear from God. Someone will be the ear, someone will be the eye. Someone will be the nose to discern if evil spirits are here. To know the nose, to sense the atmosphere we are in. To sense the danger coming at us. Someone has to be the leg to help the church to move from one glory to another or to move infrastructurally or to move someone has to be the leg to support the leg someone has to be the hand to help others come up so all of us working together make this body to perform the functions that he's functioning to perform the things that he's doing now maybe you are the leg to support the church to stand but you are not doing it. And every day you complain. The church is not growing. The church is not growing. Well, meanwhile, you are not doing your work. You are not doing your work. Why are you, are you not doing the work? Because some of them don't even know that they are the ones supposed to do that. Because God did not just call you here for nothing. You see, even if you are seated here and you are not doing anything, you see, this body, some things join the body together. They, they sit in, and when they sit, the body is able to stand. Maybe you are here just to fit in for the church to be complete. That doesn't mean you are doing nothing. But if you know that you can do something for God, and that thing is to always come and play the conquer, and you don't come. When you don't come, something is missing. If you know yours is to be here to lead praises and you don't come, if you don't come, something is missing. Now you are not doing it. How are you going to cause people to become? How are you going to make people like how you are doing it? So they're making disciples. Yes, we go, we bring them in, we teach them a lot of things. But we, we also have to do what? Help them to realize them to us to realize the ministries given to us so that one day if you are old it doesn't mean the church or the work will grow old with you but there will be people to continue with the job that is why Peter them they are dead and gone but we are still propagating the gospel we are still propagating the gospel 
So we need to make people to be able to do the work of God. We need to, we need to go and bring them and change them and reform them. Also, do not conform to the things of the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So if you are here and you have a certain kind of mentality, that you there, you, you just come and go. The rest of it, it doesn't concern. You are coming because you want your father to know that you come to church. Then you have a wrong mentality. You have to be renewed. You're, you have to renew your mind. You have to renew it. You have to renew it. But someone looks at you. Any life you live in, on this earth, people look at you. Sometimes I hear some things that people say about me and I ask myself, ah, is that how I'm, I really am? So like people really watch me. When I'm talking, people watch me. When I'm doing some people watch me. Yes, indeed, people watch you, but you don't know they are watching you. There are secret cameras everywhere. Some people cry when they sleep. God will show them who you are. When you sleep, God will go and show you somebody who you, you are. So when the person meets you in the morning, either he will smile or he will frown. Depending on what the person saw. But when God shows it to you, it's not for you to frown at the person. But it's for you to do something about it. So when we have knowledge of something, it's for us to do what? Act on that thing. So when you have knowledge of Christ, it's for you to do what? Do something with the knowledge. Share with people. Do something with the knowledge. Act with it. Act with the faith that you have. Act with the anointing that you have. Heal people. Prophesy to people. Bring people into the church. Don't let it be like, oh, they're there. Say, yeah. That's not, we are not ordinary Christians. We are not ordinary people. We are not ordinary. The fact that we are even part of the children of God makes us not to be ordinary. We are not ordinary. That is why every time people charge us that because if you use the person for a rat today, tomorrow you go and you have to wait in front of a doormat. Yes. So let's be careful and let's make disciples and let's make them right. Let's make them right. Some people impart false knowledge into people's minds. We are here, we know the truth, but we are not going to let them know of the truth. And people are giving them poison to drink and they are still drinking the poison. And when we see them, we feel like we are better off than them. We are, we are not doing anything. And you're because you know that this person, you've not made an effort to help the person to come out of that darkness. It's darkness. He doesn't know it's darkness. So the same way Christ moved us from darkness into his marvelous light, that same way we need to he has decided not to follow Jesus. That is why we sing a song. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. But there are some people, he has decided he will not follow Jesus. 
he will tell you that me I've read the Bible Genesis to Revelation there is nothing you will say to change my mind but when Saul was on his way to Damascus the Bible says that Christ met him on the way and when he met him on the way the controversial Saul was now bowing at the feet of Christ and he became the greatest apostle in the time of Peter Dance. so it's not unto you that is why he said authority has come receive the power and go Go. When you speak, what you are speaking is not just words, but they are power from the throne room of God. It is an authority that is following the way. That is why Peter was able to stand and speak and 3,000. So I don't know if there were megaphones there. I don't know if there were speakers there. Even if there were, I'm not sure. The last person, he said 3,000 souls. 3,000 souls means there were more than 3,000 people present. There were more than 3,000. There could be 4,000. There could be 10,000. But 3,000 souls. And I'm not sure they were gathered at a particular location. They moved from different, different angles. It is not that big that it is because it is the power of God that was imparting the word into their heart. That was settling into their heart. So when he speaks the word, the power of God channels the words straight into a certain person's heart so don't expect that everybody that you speak the word will follow you to the church no but that doesn't mean don't go and speak he said go and do the work but don't give up on the word go and do it when you teach them all these then you do what you baptize them in the name of the father the son he didn't say in the names. It means they are one. It's, they are one people. He's all here. Some people pick this scripture and they talk about the oneness of the Holy Trinity. So the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Together you baptize them. What is baptism? Some of us here are not baptized, but we call ourselves followers of Christ. Even before Jesus Christ began his ministry, he went himself to be baptized so if we are saying that we are following Jesus the way, the truth and the life and Jesus the first thing he did before he began his ministry was to go for John the Baptist to baptize him then you, you say you are bigger than Jesus you will not get yourself to baptize maybe it's not because you are bigger than Jesus maybe you do not understand or maybe something is blocking you but I am here to tell you that nothing is too difficult for, the, for God to take you out of it nothing is too, too, too problematic that cannot be solved by God. Just have to let him come in. Let him open the door. He said, I stand behind the door. Behold. And I knock, knock, knock. If anybody hears and opens, I will come and I will make my home with him. Within him. So, we just have to avail ourselves and let him in. As he comes in, he will help us, take us out of that difficulty and he will lead us to be baptized. And when we are being baptized, then we, be, we have full membership of the kingdom. Sons of God. Oh, sons of God. Can you project the scripture for me again? Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 to 20. Now, one thing I want us to notice that being baptized or baptism is dependent on the person's belief. There wouldn't be any hesitation. 
But say on the baptism in India. That is why we need to do what? Educate on baptism. We need to educate. That is why teaching is very important in the Christian's life. That is why studying, learning is important. That is why we organize seminars and trainings. For, so that the knowledge that we don't have, the doubts that we have in our mind will be cleared by the Holy Spirit. Okay. Yes. So, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever. Maybe you didn't know that the thing that you are doing, it is, it is sin. But the moment someone takes a scripture in the word and he, he projects it to you or when someone is preaching and he places, he makes a statement around that then you ask, you have to ask, ask start asking yourself, yourself questions. Hey, hey. So that, then, that moment is the, it's an opportunity for you to even wait and go to that man of God and ask him that, a ah, man of God, you made this statement and I find myself in this same situation. I, I, I didn't know what should I do? And that time is the best opportunity for the man of God to continue the work of discipleship by teaching the person and let, giving him more insight into that statement that he made, being backed by the word of God. And when the person absorbs it well, then he says, Oh, thank you very much. Next time, when he goes, when he knows that the thing is here, he said, No, I will not go. I will not go and put myself into it because the word of God says that. Hey, 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 don't do that. Go, don't go here. Then I will not go. Then I will have to shift and move away. Because when the word of God says that blessed is he that do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Maybe you did not know. You were in a company. And the decision that the company was having will have a negative impact in lives of people. It's going to kill people. But you were part of the, that decision making. You were part of that discussion. But you didn't know that it's in you there. You are doing your work. You are working. But they don't know. You did not know. But it's going to cost lives. But you did not know. So when you come and the, and the preacher man says that blessed is the man that do not walk in the council of the God. I said, ah, but this man. Okay. Then to ask him. And he will come back and he tell you that this person, if you, you, are, you partake in the council of the ungodly, you are a wicked person and in the end your ways will lost. Your ways will come to an end. What profit is there for a man to gain the whole world and lose his or her soul? What profit is there for a man to gain the whole world and lose his or her soul? So if you come and then a word comes and it is contrary to your action, don't be angry. Do not be angry because we are here to learn. We are here to teach. We are here to to have knowledge. We are here to be imparted so that we will, our lives will be governed by the right interpretations from the word of God. And the fact that you have people that you are teaching doesn't mean you should stop studying the word of God. Doesn't mean you too you should stop receiving advices from the other superiors that you have. Because we are still in the business of discipleship. It's a cycle. It does not, it's a chain. It does not break. The chain does not break. Senior Tidiano, 
someone is ahead of you, someone is above you, that the person needs to be what? To be, you need to be counseled by the person. You need to be advised. Sometimes you may be teaching. At the end of your teaching, a man of God or an elder or a deacon or a deaconess or a member can even come and prompt you that you said something. And that thing you said in the word of God, it speaks otherwise. You don't have to be angry. You have to accept it and allow yourself to be advised. Let's be on our feet.